Today on this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, I asked the question, what the hell is going on with uh, politicians and bureaucrats in Australia out here? Um, have we lost a country? Why are we being lied to? And um, are our politicians being possessed by demons or something evil? So without further ado, let's get on with the show. everyone, my name is Cameron Blewett and this is the eighth episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but I am starting to wonder if all this is just a bad nightmare. Um, you know, I, you know, you, you go to bed one day and you wake up the next and you wonder if that what is going on is a dream. You think, no, things aren't going to get much worse, but then sure enough, they do get worse. Um, and things are, things are really just going bonkers in this country. Uh, there's, you know, um, I'll, I'll play some clips later on by the Chief Minister, um, I think it's Michael, Michael Gunnar, um, about ADF transferring people, um, positive cases in the Northern Territory. Um, actually, oh, I'll just get into this media clip now. Um, the Australian Defence Force has been called in to help with a growing COVID outbreak among Indigenous Australians in the Northern Territory. Now, that's that's the thing. Um, that's for nine cases. Nine cases and it's, uh, you know, the, the, the Chief Minister gets on and says things like this. Urgent action to escalate our response in these communities, immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Injari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to House Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. I contacted the Prime Minister last night. We are grateful for the support of about 20 ADF personnel as well as army trucks to assist with the transfer of positive cases and close contacts and to support the communities. Now, there is um, concerns that, uh, first of all, that was only for nine cases. So they're taking people out of their homes um, who are, uh, you know, deemed as, as having this killer virus that isn't, taking them out of their homes and sending them to a detention facility. And that's what the Centre for National Resilience at Howard Springs is. It is a detention facility. It isn't a quarantine centre or anything like that because the, the territory and, and the states have no constitutional authority to quarantine people. What they're doing is detaining people under public health legislation, and this needs to be made clear. People need to understand this. You're not going in there for quarantine. You're, you're, you're being detained for the purposes of whatever it is, but um, under the, the public health legislation. And, you know, this is something that uh, I think everyone needs to be honestly scared about. Um, now, there are unconfirmed reports uh, going on uh, around the place that uh, these people are being heavily pressured uh, or coerced or forcibly uh, jabbed um, whilst they're either at the camps or, or something like that. So um, we'll have to wait and see whether they can be confirmed or not. 
Um, but honestly, if the military is doing it, it's going to be kept quiet. Uh, I think that this is something that we all need to be waking up and being concerned about. Now, those people are saying, oh, they're doing it for their own good or their own health or, or whatever is just a load of bullshit. Um, you know, this not, nothing through this whole from the, from March up in you know March 2020 to now has been done for to keep people safe or for their health. This is all about control. Now, speaking about control, um, it's come to my attention that uh, where are we? Uh, Public Health Act 2016 in WA um, section 124 um, that says enforcement of public health orders uh, talks about. Um, an authorised officer or police officer may use reasonable force to enforce a public health order, including, if necessary, to apprehend and detain the person to whom the order applies, and in brackets, the relevant person, and to take the person to medical proofing. So that's fairly common with uh, other you know, legislation and, and public health legislation all around the place. But what is even more concerning is it goes down here for the same section, so section 124, subsection 3. Uh, this goes down to subsection D. Uh, correction, I'll start at C. Uh, to restrain the relevant person to enable a medical examination or treatment to be carried out and D, to remove anything including underwear that the relevant person is wearing if, um, Roman thingy I, the removal of the thing is ne- reasonably necessary to ensure a medical examination or medical procedure to be carried out and the relevant person is given a reasonable opportunity to remove the thing himself or herself and refuses or fails to do so. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about force. Um, and then it says, um, subsection 5, if any action taken under subsection 3 includes the removal of an item or clothing, it must be done with decency and sensitivity and in such a manner that gives the relevant person a degree of privacy or dignity that is consistent with carrying out the public health order. Um, you know, this You know, this is WA um, and like holy crap. Uh, so, you know, they'd be doing that because they'd have to take your, you know, take your shirt off or whatever it is to jab you in the arm. Um, and to make sure that you haven't got anything under there to stop the needle going in so I can't jab through clothing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, this this is stuff that should be scaring the crap out of anyone. Um, you know, they're on the books. They wouldn't be on the books if they weren't being expected to be used. Uh, and, and that's what's concerning about all of this and, you know, and to, you know, just the, the attitude of the ruling class is just something that, you know, should be making anyone, um, you know, re- genuinely scared and concerned about what is happening in the world. Uh, if we, uh, there's another clip uh, by the Chief Minister Gunnar where he talks about, or Gunnar or whatever his name is, uh, talks about um, people with um, opposing. Uh, the jab or the series of therapeutics. And let, let's make it clear, it, it's not a vaccine that they're putting into people's bodies. It is a, a therapeutic regimen. Uh, you know, a vaccine does something and you, you just need it once or you might need a booster a couple of years down the track. You won't need a series of two shots and then a booster six months later and then another six months later and have to subscribe to a never-ending series of shots. Uh, so anyway, anyway, let's just play this one by the Chief Minister. 
that your rhetoric around calling people anti-vaxxers, some of whom were vaccinated, has had an impact at all on vaccine take-up in parts of the Territory? No. And I'll repeat it. If you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer, absolutely. Your personal vaccination status is utterly irrelevant. If you campaign against the mandate, if you campaign against people being vaccinated in vulnerable settings, teachers in classrooms, I'll be really clear, at that point in time, people were actually supporting the idea of a teacher being unvaccinated in a remote community classroom with kids who cannot be vaccinated. I reject that, I still reject it. And if you are out there in any way, shape or form campaigning against this mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. If you say pro-persuasion, stuff it, shove it. We are absolutely gonna make sure as many Territorians as possible are vaccinated. That is our best protection against this thing. And if you look at the Doty modeling that's only come out since, that says if we double dose 80 in remote communities, five and up, I think you'll see our vaccine mandate is absolutely crucial to protecting lives, particularly Aboriginal lives. And I will never back away from supporting vaccines and anyone out there who comes for the mandate, you are anti-vax. Now, this, you know, like, it's, it's the thing, you know, I'm sure most of us have seen Jackie Lambie's meltdown uh, in uh, Parliament on Monday, but, you know, what is going on with this ruling class? I mean, are, are they getting pissed off now that we're standing up to them and we're turning around and saying, no, that that's not happening, you know, you're not doing this to us, our freedom is more important than the illusion of safety? Um, you know, this this level of, of rhetoric and, and bullshit uh, it is concerning because they will be using force to, uh, to you know, to literally get compliance with 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 their legislation and, and their actions and what they want to do to us. Uh, so you know that should be concerning within itself. And and this comes back down to the other thing too. If this was a genuine killer virus with a substantial fatality rate instead of the one point two or one point one or whatever, I think it's one point. Yeah, I think it is 1.2% fatality rate. If it was anything higher than that, people would naturally go and do it. We wouldn't need to be told because we would be concerned about it. Uh, so for them to come out with the, the level of rhetoric and and language and, you know, like really, I mean, he needs to take a bex and lie down because like seriously, I mean, he, he, he you, you're expecting him to start frothing at the mouth with what was going on there. But... Um, you know, it's not something that is just related to them. It's, uh, you know, the ruling class is doing it to us everywhere. And as you uh, might have just heard in in the tail end of that, he's gone for claiming that the Doherty modelling or, or whatever, the, the bullshit modelling, the guessing that, the, that they're doing is relying on a vaccine rate for five and over. So they're coming after our kids. They're going to come after our kids. They're going to jab their kids. They want to do that. If they can't get their kids jabbed, they're going to exclude them from society. And this is what the Andrews regime is talking about doing now. And this cannot stand. It's bad enough that there were reports over the weekend uh, when the new mandate, uh, new changes came in that, um, you know, 12 and a half year olds were, went to a uniform shop uh, and supposedly they had to be jabbed to go into that and yet told that they couldn't try on their school uniform so they had to go and try it on out in the street. And, 
you know, like seriously, what needs to happen to wake people up to, to what is going on? This has nothing, nothing to do whatsoever with public health. Um, you know, and, and this is all about control. This is getting us compliant. They're doing this to stuff around with us, come at the things that we value the most, our family and our children, until they get what they want. Um, you know, th- there's a whole lot of crappy, um, I, I will say, deliberately misleading uh, clips going around on, um, I, I've seen them on Twitter. I'm not sure whether they're on YouTube or not, but they're by the, um, who is it? Associate Professor Dr. Margie Dan, Danchin, um, giving a, 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 you know, doing that whole thing about answering questions um, with regards to the jabs. And it's, you know, they are full of so much bullshit that it's not funny. Um, I'll, I'll play this one and, and have a bit of a rant about it afterwards. And would you believe there's a technical difficulty there? No, here we go. Uh, I think I've got it now. Why should we vaccinate children? That's a really great question. There are probably three main reasons why we should vaccinate kids. The first is we want to protect them from COVID illness or COVID disease. Now, whilst we know that the vast majority of children either don't experience symptoms or experience mild disease, some children can still develop severe disease and need admission to hospital. Some children can also experience lingering or chronic symptoms, something called long COVID, where one or two months after the infection, they can have symptoms such as fatigue, headache, muscle aches and pains, and we want to uh, prevent those kids from experiencing those symptoms. The second is really around preventing transmission transmission to other children, but also very importantly, transmission to other household members, particularly their parents and also their grandparents uh, in some instances. And then lastly, in areas where children have experienced lockdown for prolonged periods or, or home learning from school closures, these vaccines will help them to get back to their way of life so that they're not missing sporting events and they're able to go to school and experience all of the benefits of being at school with other kids. So we really want to see kids getting back to the way of life that they know and love and protect them in the best way that we can. Now, I mean, like, really, I saw that. I happened to see it on my phone and it's one of those things I've, you know, as I've been doing lately, swearing at the phone uh, so much that, you know, okay, let's start. First number lie, the jab, the series of therapeutics do not protect anyone. It doesn't protect the people that have it. It doesn't protect the people who are going to get it. It doesn't protect anyone from anything. Secondly, um, actually going on to that one, talking about um, protecting from quote unquote long COVID, well, there's uh, there doesn't seem to be that much evidence that long COVID actually exists. And that being said, if it did exist, most viruses that people get in a um, you know I would say in a um, moderate to severe form will have some sort of lingering effects on on the person. It's not something that you just get over that and then that's it. Um, all viruses have some sort of lingering effect. So to focus on long COVID, whatever that is is just, uh, you know, um, you know, 
absolute bullshit. Second thing, the, vir- uh, the, the series of therapeutics do not prevent transmission. It's not a neutralizing series of therapeutics. Bill Gates has even turned around and said that that it doesn't neutralize the virus and it you know it continues transmission. There's um, and also talking about this now. Remember these theories series of therapeutics were created under the primary variant. They're not um, adjusted or they're not doing anything for this Delta variant. So they may have. Um, you know, had some sort of reducing impact on the primary, you know, the, the first variant of, of um, SARS-CoV-2 that came out, but they're doing less and less for each one. If there's another one that comes out after Delta, what impact is it going to have on that one? I mean, we don't know. Uh, so for, for an associate professor to get up there and say it trans- pre- prevents transmission when there is no medical evidence that it does that is just outright Oh, I will say it is criminal because they're coercing people into doing something based on the wrong information. Now, the final thing about point three, about getting back to the way of life. Now, our, our way of life has been stuffed up and, and restricted and everything like that because of bureaucrats like Professor Sutton and incompetent health ministers and dictatorial, dictatorial um, premiers like Dan Andrews. It has nothing to do with a jab protecting us or anything like that. They've stuffed around with us. They're doing this. That oh hey, let's lock everyone down. So we'll add a bit of a carrot if they go and get the jab. We'll give them the carrot of getting a bit more freedom. Well, all that has happened lays solely at the feet of these politicians and and um, unelected bureaucrats. Um, so you know it's it, it's just mind-blowing that the level of bullshit and medical misinformation that they're putting out there and going on with it well that one uh is this one which is another one that um by the same person uh asking how we can protect our children how can we protect kids against COVID-19 if they can't get vaccinated yet? So we know there's a COVID vaccine that is recommended for children over the age of 12. But in the meantime, the best way that we can protect younger children is by getting vaccinated ourselves. Parents, grandparents, all eligible teenagers. And of course, younger kids still need to follow the simple public health advice regarding washing their hands, um, wearing a mask if they're able for children between the ages of five and 12. And of course, really important if they have symptoms to get tested. Now, with that, um, as I've said before, the the therapeutic regimen does not offer protection. People, you can be triple jab, quadruple jab, whatever, how many jabs you want to take, and it doesn't stop transmission. That's the thing that people need to understand. So for for blatant lies like this to come out and saying that, hey, if you get jabbed, you're going to protect your kids is is absolute, you know, and, and I will say it is bordering on criminal because you are, are providing misinformation to people that they're going to go and take something based on your misinformation and if it has a serious impact on them, wow, you know, that's it. So, you know, people need to understand that this does not offer any protection. Now, going on the second bit, I completely agree with washing hands. Um, Not too sure on the whole obsession that people have with um, sanitising. We'll admit right at the start uh, I did do that a lot because obviously as you do 
when things are new, you think, yep, all right, I'll take precautions. Wasn't too keen on wearing the face diapers. Um, so, you know, I do go through the whole process of, of washing hands and everything like that um, and fully accept that that should be something that all the kids go back to doing or they should have been taught at primary school anyway. Now, the other bit is about wearing face diapers and all that sort of crap. Now, you know, the there's there's studies coming out that seem to indicate that wearing the face diaper has more of an impact on the children through um, restricted breathing, um, all the germs that are on that, etc., uh, etc., et than would have happened if they had have been exposed and then contracted this, uh, um, you know, killer virus that isn't. So it's, you know, the, the, the level of, of crap that's coming out is just, very, very concerning. Um, there is uh, one that was put out um, by the acting chief health officer for uh, where is it for Queensland? Uh, give me a minute. I'm going to try and find it. So this one they talk about. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that. So this is one that um, the Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk posted up on Twitter. Um, it's a question and answer. Um, what do I have? Why do I have to get the vaccine if I can still get COVID nineteen once I'm fully vaccinated? Now the answers to that one were provided by their um, uh, who is it? Their acting chief health officer, uh, and once again, it is going into the uh, medical misinformation. There is just so much rubbish going on in that. That if this person is willing to say that publicly. And, and lie to the extent that they are, then can we really trust them to do their job? So anyway, let, let's listen to the clip. The answer to that's very simple, is that some vaccines will stop you getting the disease. The COVID-19 vaccine will stop you getting very sick from the disease. Will also stop or reduce the likelihood that you will spread COVID further to your family or other members of your community. Everywhere we've seen interstate, internationally, people that are in ICU, the people that are in hospital are the unvaccinated people. You're 17 times more likely to be admitted in some studies, you're 93% more likely to be admitted to hospital if you aren't vaccinated. It's very simple, get vaccinated, it stops you getting really sick. Now, um, once again, they're really laying on the, 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 let's just call it for what it is, the, just bullshit. They're laying that on really, really heavy there. Um, so, you know, it, it's just something. How can they say that with a straight face? What is going on that they think that they've got the ability to, to, to deceive us with that? Um, you know, as they've said, as they've they've admitted it, it doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't protect you. It um, honestly, I think it's doubtful about whether getting jabbed reduces the severity of it because, um, you know, it's the thing. the The virus isn't that severe in most people anyway. If you have a lot of uh, severe comorbidities or underlying issues, then yes, you know, it's going to have a bit more of a of a bigger impact on you. For most people, it's nothing more than, uh, you know, a, a mild um, bug or, or flu. So, you know, if we have a look at the, the current stats for today, uh, that for for those who've got it, uh, what's the time now? 
Uh, I don't know. They wouldn't have been updated for today, Wednesday the 24th, so I'll be looking at Tuesdays. Uh, So if we have a look at it, we've had a total of 113,755 cases. Now, out of those, 103 have recovered, 103,037 have recovered. Um, So, you know, current stats are there's, what, 303 in hospital uh, and 44 on ICU. Out of 9,000 positive or 9,420 active cases, 33, uh, 303 people being in hospital, it's still, you know, that's a freaking good number uh, for a supposedly killer virus. Now, it's, you know, we, we have to ask why. What is their obsession with it? What are they trying to do uh, to for the jab that, uh, you know, really... You know, for this, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really baffled. I know it's part of uh, another, another plan that they've got, which we're getting into conspiracy theory territory and everything like that. But it all relates to the, the Great Reset, social credit, um, the devaluing, devaluing of the dollar, removing, moving to a digital dollar, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it's. It's stuff that we really need to look at and we really need to think five steps ahead of them because they're going to distract us with all this stuff that's going on at the moment. So we'll be focusing just on on this and then not paying any attention to anything else that's going on and this is where they're going to uh, sweep things in. Now, um, Finishing on that, well, the way things stand at the moment in Victoria is that there is potentially one cross member, uh, cross member, cross bench member, uh, who may uh, cave and, and end up supporting the government. Uh, whether that does happen or not, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but you know, it, it's the thing is that, that, that we need to end the legislation. We need to hold the bill off. Let's wait until the first sitting of Parliament next year to decide if something needs to be done. You know, let's let's treat everyone like adults. Get rid of the scaremongering and everything like that. You won't. Not saying that you won't. Some people will. Just the same as if you get in a car, people need to make their own risk assessment about what what is you know their chances of getting it, what they think it's going to do to them, and plan their life accordingly. Not everyone locked down or, or forced to be jabbed or excluded from society because, you know, a handful of people are, are scared of a virus because a uh, government-sponsored terrorist organisation, which is the corporate press, and, you know, I, I think that we need to start calling them that uh, because that's what they're doing. They, they are instilling fear in the population to change their lifestyle based on, on a, what is it, a political or social 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 ideology, which is the exact definition of what terrorism is. Um, so uh, we need to do that. Now, that being said, um, if anyone is in Matthew Guy's uh, area or is able to call Matthew Guy, um, put pressure on him to get rid of this bullshit ban that he's got on um, people, members of, part of the Liberal Party, Liberal National Party, going out and uh, talking to the people who are protesting on the steps of Parliament House uh, because, you know what, I really don't care what your views are and, yes, your views may be despicable. Um, if they're legal, 
big deal. You're still entitled to representation. You're still entitled to access your local, your you know, your elected representative and have discussions with them. And your elected representatives should be open to talking with you. And you know, this is the thing. If we turn around and, and everyone's, oh my God, you know, no, we can't go outside because the media has said there's neo-Nazis out there, or we can't go outside because there's people who are right-wing extremists or someone carried a Trump flag. What's going to happen later on? You, you set the standard there. Okay. So let's say, let's say hypothetically that, uh, you know, as much as I would love to see it happen, November next year, there is a absolute, what is a flooding of parliament and everyone, you know, all these, the major parties are down to micro party status that independents flood the, the both houses and Labor and the Liberal Party are down to one or two people or maybe even, let's say they're three members each, so they're just enough to be a party. I mean, shit, you can only have one person be a party. Look at what's happening with Reason and um, Animal Justice Party, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so let's say we do it there and then they turn around, oh, no, you know what, you're talking to Marxists. You can't talk to Marxists out there because Marxists are responsible for this. Marxists are responsible for that. So then what happens? You know, it, it's that whole McCarthyism stuff, which is the anti-communist stuff from, when was that, 50s or 60s in the US? Um, you know, it, it's the thing is that, you know, what's going to happen when it's turned around and you're condemned for associating with people that you want to associate with when you've turned around and said that other people can't? Um you know what, and I'm sure the left is going to turn around and say, oh, yes, but we've got freedom of speech and the freedom of association. Well, you know what, you didn't give a whoopty about that when it was in your favour, so why should we give a whoopty about it now? Um, you know, and, and this is the thing, we need to make it clear that, hey, you know what, you want us to play by those guidelines, those rules, you know what, we're going to play by it. And, and, and this is the thing, the other thing too, is that we know like, and I hope Matthew Guy has more than two brain cells in his head and understands it, that if the shoe was on the other foot, the Labor Party would not be stopping, they would not stop the other party members from going out and talking to socialists out in the street. Socialist Marxist and, and the, 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 the socialist left, and I will call them, you know, they are the fascist left. You know, the Labor Party will not say, oh, no, don't go and talk to them. They will be out there. They will be talking to whoever they want to. So it is cowardice for Matthew Guy to turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to direct all the members to not talk to these people. Like really, really, you know, grow a pair and, and act like a, a, a genuine leader of a political party and not just another puppet of the Andrews regime. And, you know, it's... Um, yeah, I'm getting on a bit of a um, a big rant about that one, um, but you know this is the thing: is that it 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 you know there needs to be genuine political leadership. Andrews should be a genuine political leader and condemn anti medic for the lies and the 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 deception and misleading of the public and parliament that he's done for the last couple of occasions. Um, you know, and you know, I know he won't turn around and not take his vote, so that's why he's not going to say anything against him. Uh, but you know it, it needs to happen. Uh, there's, yeah, it's just mm, going to get onto another soapbox about that one. Um, anyway, what else is there? Oh, yes. So, 
uh, we've seen Jackie Lambie's rants uh, about that, and she is well and truly drinking from the Kool-Aid. Uh, having a look at, uh, where is it? Um, Hansard now from her speech on the 22nd of November when she was talking to oppose uh, a bill put up by the One Nation Party, the COVID-19 Vaccination Status Prevention of Discrimination Bill 2021. Uh, you know, she's done her, you know, sought to extend her 15 minutes of fame by having a crack at uh, the bill and everything like that. It, you know, it just shows you how pathetic these people are because they will turn around and, and you know, the watermelons do it all the time Unless you su- and their view is unless you support everything that I support, then I'm not going to support anything that you support. Um, so, yeah. Now, I want to read some bits from here. Um, from her speech, uh, it says, if you choose to do something that put other people's lives at risk, you will be held accountable for that choice. It is that simple. Well, really? People smoke. If you walk through, um, you know, their their barrier, are they being held accountable for that? No, they're not. People don't give a whoopty. The government doesn't give a whoopty. And so going on, that's what we're talking about here. People who don't get the vaccine are making a choice. You have a choice. We all have choices. We all get a choice. You're making a choice that means you're more likely to get COVID and you're more likely to spread it to someone else. That is your choice. It is your right. I want to make it clear, and I support that choice. But you don't get to decide how the rest of Australia responds to that choice. You can't force someone else to act a certain way, the same as you, because of your freedom of choice. That's not how we do things in this country. We have freedom of speech in Australia, which we don't. We have an implied freedom of speech, and and there's political commentation, uh, political comment. Uh, but you can't stop people reacting to what you say with your freedom of speech. We have freedom of assembly, but you can't stop the rest of us from calling you out if you're being disruptive and rude. Now, um, we do have freedom of assembly, though most times it has to be with police permission and police approval, and they can turn around and say, no, you're not going to have that protest there. So uh, that having freedom to choose isn't the same as having freedom to avoid the consequences of that choice. Some might say that if you're vaccinated because you're required to be in order to keep your job, then you're forced to get vaccinated. But that's not right. That's not being truthful at all. That is not correct. If you want to work with vulnerable people, you need to get a police check. If you want to work with kids, you have to have a working with children check. That's the way it is. And we do that to keep people safe. How about that? We put others before ourselves. Now, you know, she's being deliberately misleading here and and not entirely truthful. Yes, you do need to go and get a police check when you do that job, though you know that going in. You don't, you know, the rules aren't sudden, all of a sudden changed and, hey, what, you know what, we need you to go in and um, get involved in a medical procedure that we're going to tell everyone about and if you don't do it, hey, you don't get to keep your job. Uh, you know what, you know, how would... How would these uh, ruling class like it if we turn around and say, okay, you know what, we need to actually, you know, this this will be the thing. Let's just, let's just try it this way. No, freedom of choice. Okay, let's say we drink the Kool-Aid from um, the environmental group uh, and say, yep, you know what, everyone has to avoid meeting it. No, you know what, no, not avoid. Stop 
eating animal cons- uh, products and you know what get rid of your vehicle she will be the first one to jump up and down and say no it's my freedom of choice to do that i want i've got the freedom to choose what i eat what vehicle i drive well jackie no you don't no you don't okay okay that's the other thing you know what air travel Air travel is a major polluter and um, contributor to greenhouse gases, etc., etc. You know what? Let's stop her flying everywhere. She's got to catch the boat across from Tasmania and then she's got to catch a bus to Canberra. You know what? Because that's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. You know, we put others before ourselves. So, yeah. Um, mm. uh, anyway, I'll go on. Um, you can decide not to choose those checks. No one's forcing you, but if you don't do them, you can't work where you want. It's as simple as that. That is the way that it is. If you want to work as a cabbie, you need a licence to drive a cab. People without licence are not being discriminated against. If you want to work in aged care, you need a flu vaccine. That rule was in place before COVID, was even a twinkle in a Chinese bat's eye, for goodness sake. That's the way it is. You have a right to choose. You don't have a right to put vulnerable peoples at risk. You don't have the uh, you don't have that right, and you shouldn't have that right. And this, you know, it's like she's either someone's got to her, or she's well and truly drunk the Kool Aid and believes the the BS that's going on out there. Um, and for uh, you know, for, for for her to turn around and say that that. Is just that what it, you know? Oh no, you've got to do it because we're doing it for the greater good. You know, we don't believe, you know, we don't agree with uh, medical autonomy and your body, your choice, and and all that. And you'll be able to make decisions for yourself. You've just got to get this jab. And like, really, getting a police check that all that does, remember, all the police check does is checks the local databases to see if you have any, a history of um, particular. Uh, offences. It doesn't dig into your life. It doesn't do anything. Now, uh, for that, so I mean, you know, and then all that is, is at the end is a piece of paper that you give to your employer once and then that's it. Or, you you know, or you give to a, uh, who is it, whether it's one of the um, bodies, the regulatory bodies that, that create those cards, it just goes to them. And yes, when you start a new job, you yes, you have to show that to say, hey, yep, you know what, I have a valid valid police check. And remember, all the all the police check does is identify those people of court being caught. It doesn't stop people doing it. All that police check does signifies is that you haven't been caught and convicted for it. It doesn't say that you don't do it. And this is what I think Ms. Lambie needs to get her head around, is that Police check is completely different to participating in a uh, is it a medical experiment? Uh, let's say that it is because, as I've said before, these uh, vaccines are still part of the TGA's black triangle bit, so they don't have a full safety picture uh, of the uh, impacts and effects of these. Um, actually, I use that dreaded V word, V word, didn't I? Uh, anyway, so let's say, yep. That's it. So, you know, they don't have a full safety picture of that series of um, shots and this is why they're part of the black triangle. Uh, so, you know, getting a police check is completely different to that. Yes, you can weigh up the police check. You know what? You get the, you get the jab, you keep your job. You could also have uh, myocarditis or whatever else and that's what we know in the short term. What's going to happen in the long term? Uh, in that 
thing that I was watching from Glenn Beck the other day, as I mentioned uh, in yesterday's or the day before's episode, that there is concerns that uh, these uh, mRNA uh, therapeutics are removing the body's ability to identify and fight cancer cells as well as also uh, the, uh, the body's ability to repair DNA. And this is the thing, people need to weigh all that up. I mean, you know, is your um, participation in this this trial something that you want to do with? Well, you know, and it's it's that whole thing. Is that it's just anyway, won't won't waffle on that one too much, but you know, it is generally concerning. Um I yeah, it's I think there's too many people drinking the Kool-Aid. I think that there's going to be uh, a lot of politicians are going to get a rude shock at the, at the consecutive or the coming elections. Uh, let's hope that it is um, a genuine one, uh, that they do uh, get the um, awakening or reckoning that, they're, that they deserve. Um, you know, I, I do. I genuinely do believe that, that these people need deserve or should lose their seats and that there should be a criminal investigation based on all of this after. Um, you know, I'd love to see it now, but I know that Andrew's regime won't do it. Uh, let's hope that there is a, a balanced one uh, for the, the next parliament that seriously looks into this and then, you know, has has the scope and capa- capability of a, a legitimate broad-based royal commission and then just start laying charges, start prosecuting these people, take their pensions off them, take the superannuation off them, take everything off them. If they end up in jail, then so be it. Um, because, I, you know, what, what these chief health officers and government and ministers and premiers are doing to the states and to children and to the, the you know, the future generations is just absolutely disgusting. Um, but anyway... I think I might have a bit of a deep breath and um, end it on that note. Uh, There is more coming now. I do want to talk about the electoral redistribution. Uh, If there is a quiet day today, uh, I'll prep on that one and and start doing that for the next next episode or the episode after. Uh, So we'll just have to wait and see. Let's... You know, keep the pressure off. Um, respectful phone calls to the uh, to Rod Barton, please, because he's likely to be the only holdout. Um, you know, no con- um, uh, condemning him or abuse or anything like that, because that's just going to harden his resolve to think. You know what? Maybe the media and um, the, the corrupt corporate press is right, and that these people are a bunch of whatevers. Uh, so anyway. That's about it. Thanks for listening. My name's Cameron Blewett. This was the Fifth Estate Podcast. Until next one, bye for now.